What's up, everybody? I am Josh Newberg, your host of the Inside Scoop, a brand new recruiting show on On3. We're going to do this thing every Monday and Thursday throughout the season. We're going to talk big visits, new offers, flip watches, all the latest developments. And we're going to do it with a cast of characters from the On3 network, the best of the best. Chad Simmons, Sam Spiegelman, Jerry Hamilton, Charles Power. Everybody's going to come on this show and drop the scoop that they got. Let's get right into it. Of course, the first guest on the show, CEO of On3, Shannon Terry. Let's go. Josh, great to be here today. Very excited about finally getting this started. Um, this has been something we both look forward to for a long time. Uh, video is incredibly important to us and obviously recruiting is as well. And so we've got a great platform here. Can't wait to get started. Shannon, I just got to ask you, you're entering your third decade of telling the story of college football. Why do you always choose to do it through the eyes of recruiting? What about recruiting is so important to you? You know, it's the talent. It's the athlete. You know, at the, at the end of the day, you know, we love our teams, but, but what we love watching are the players. You know, the great players make plays. And, and for me, you know, I've always been fascinated by, by watching the fan want to look ahead uh, you know, and so so recruiting is a natural extension of that. Recruiting has been a natural extension also of just the game itself. You know, it gives us, you know, it gives us more than the than the September to January. It gives us, you know, a much longer window uh, to follow college sports. And then you look at the data. I think it's like 65% of something of five stars now get drafted. You know, so our industry's gotten really good at predicting, you know, the next great superstars they make it to the pros. So it's it's fun, it's interesting, uh, and it really extends the window of college sports. And what do we want? We want college sports year-round. This is the best way to get that. All right, Shannon. Well, we're going to get it going on the inside scoop. I can't wait to talk to our next guest, Chad Simmons. Oh, he's he is absolutely one of the best in our industry. And, and Josh, before I let you go, I want to say something. I am so excited about this show for this reason. And this isn't to knock any other host. What you bring to the table as being an expert, a talent in the space, and then get to go out and talk to all these other people. You bring such a unique perspective uh, to, to, to this space. And, and I, for one, uh, I'm here uh, to support this show any way I can. I think this thing has, has a big future ahead of it. So thanks and look forward to tuning in. I can't wait, Shannon. Thank you. Up next on the show, we have Chad Simmons, the director of recruiting here at On3. Chad, welcome. Welcome, Josh. Good morning, man. Happy to be on the show. Yeah, man. Can't believe I'm working with you. This is awesome. Let's get right into it. Uh, there was a big weekend down in Gainesville. The swamp was rocking. What are you hearing on a couple guys named Cedric Baxter and Cormani McLean? Uh, two guys that Florida would love to have in this class. We'll have to flip one. Uh, Baxter from Texas and probably beat Alabama, maybe hold off Miami for the other in McLean. But starting with Sexter, uh, Cedric Baxter, uh, committed to Texas, you know, early in August and uh, just getting him back on campus. First game day experience for Cedric uh, there at the Swamp. You know, I talked to him over the weekend, called it an amazing atmosphere. Uh, obviously, he had actually got multiple hugs for from Billy Napier pregame, postgame. And Florida, I think, is definitely a school – being considered for a potential official visit. Nothing set, nothing planned. Uh, the only visit he has set 
uh, in the future is to Texas in a couple of weeks for a game. But uh, he has four remaining official visits. So Florida would love to keep kind of chopping that wood and kind of getting him back on campus and ultimately get him for an official down the road. But right now, I think Texas is still in a good spot. But Florida is definitely a school to watch with McLean. Uh, Five-star-plus cornerback for us on on three and, and an elite talent from right there in Lakeland. Lakeland's fed numerous players to the University of Florida. That whole area is full of Gator fans. So uh, I know he is high on Florida. His family is high on Florida. And I think right now it comes down to Alabama and Florida. I think Miami's definitely in there. Mm-hmm. They got him for an official visit. Over the summer, I think other schools are still lurking, maybe Georgia, maybe Ohio State. But I think really ultimately in the end, I think it's Alabama and Florida and then Miami. I think the buzz coming out of this weekend is Florida, again, knocked it out of the park. I think from the wind, the atmosphere, uh, Cormani's time with Corey Raymond, uh, and just it being so close to home, so easy to get to. He has a big official visit coming up in October to Alabama and he probably won't make a decision probably until the early signing period. But I think right now it's super tight at the top between Alabama and Florida. Man, this Cormani McLean recruitment is going to go down to the wire. A couple months left in it, but it is exciting. Uh, Billy Napier didn't get off to the greatest start in his t- tenure at UF. But come July and August, he really started to turn it up in recruiting. How does this win help him? And is there any prospects in particular that he made a, he made a move with? Oh, it's big, Josh. I mean, obviously beating Utah, a top 10 team in the preseason rankings for college football. And uh, I think he showed a lot of recruits what he said he was going to do. Speaking of Baxter again, I mean, they laid out their plan. They're going to rotate multiple running backs. They're going to run the ball hard, play physical. And uh, he, he said pretty much Florida showed him what they've been telling him. Other recruits told me the same. So I think they made a very good first impression on numerous top targets out there. I think one to watch for sure is four-star cornerback Dijon Johnson from Wharton High School in Tampa, Florida, a one-time Ohio State commit. Uh, He was at the Swamp for Friday Night Lights in late July. He was back over the weekend. Uh, Florida's in very strong, heavy communication there with Johnson. There's been talk about him going back to Ohio State. I, I still lean in a strong way towards Florida being the favorite. It's really unknown. He's kind of staying quiet about his interest and where he's at as far as commitment timeline. But I think Dijon, I, I really think at any time, if he commits soon, it'll be good news for the Florida Gators. Another big-time game in week one was held in Atlanta, Georgia where the Oregon Ducks took on the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, From a recruiting angle, UGA had some high-profile recruits on, well, not on campus, but off campus watching the game. Who did they make a move with? Yeah, you know, it's interesting with those neutral site games. I mean, what what does it really mean? Um, To me, any visit means something, maybe on different levels, but having a guy like Justice Haynes, a Georgia legacy top running back that surprised many committing to Alabama over Georgia, having him just in the building uh, as a Georgia visitor, I think says a lot. Communication is still strong. I don't think anything's imminent about any kind of decommit or flip. I think he's still very strong to Alabama, but definitely something to watch moving forward. Same thing with five-star Caleb Downs, a five-star safety kid from here in Georgia, also in the building. And But I think the main guys to watch, I would say, that are uncommitted at this time in the 2023 class were – uh, Devin Hobbs from North mm. Carolina, and then Stefan Green from Rome, Georgia. Stefan Green uh, actually is committed to Clemson. I think the big thing about that is that the Clemson policy, you know, they don't allow guys committed 
to take other visits. The same way they don't let guys that are committed to other schools come in and visit them. So I think that's kind of the storyline I'm kind of watching here, what happens with the communication between Green and Clemson. But I do know things have picked up behind the scenes between him and Georgia. He's a four-star D lineman, a top 100 guy for us on, on three from Rome High School in Northwest Georgia. So Georgia's in this. He's still committed to Clemson, but definitely something to watch there. And then Hobbs uh, has emerged as one of the top D linemen in the country. Uh, saw him last week in North Carolina, plays at J.M. Robinson High School in Com Concord, and one of the most athletic guys probably in this country at that position. Things have really picked up for him late in the summer. Alabama on him, Georgia on him. Tennessee's very much involved. He took OVs to Auburn and North Carolina back in June. Uh, I think those schools have faded somewhat. I think it's going to come down to probably Alabama, Georgia, and Tennessee, three SEC programs. He goes to UT for an official later this month. He goes to Alabama for an official in October and then closes things out with an OV to Georgia in November, and they'll likely make a decision around Thanksgiving week. So I think if there's one school right now maybe trending ever so slightly based on my intel, it might be Alabama. But him being in that building, making that drive down after a game late Friday night down to Atlanta, spending that day watching Georgia really just just blow out Oregon, another top program from the Pac-12, I think says a lot for his interest in the Bulldogs as well. Absolutely. Uh, another big game in the horseshoe, Columbus, Ohio, where Ohio State defeated Notre Dame. A heck of a game. There was a ton of recruits on campus for that one as well. What are you hearing out of Ohio State? Yeah, still, I think, you know, digging on this one, I mean, obviously the, the big names on the officials were five-star Keon Keeley and five-star Damon Wilson, two edge guys, two of the premier pass rush guys in the country, both from South Florida. I know Keeley got off campus and headed back to his Tampa home late Sunday night. Wilson still on campus as of early on Monday, finishing mm. up official visits. So uh, still we'll have more, I think, those two guys later this week. But I think a big unofficial guy was Mateo Uagangalele. So he's a guy that has been there multiple times. And, and I felt like really since probably late spring, Ohio State has been trending uh, for Mateo. Obviously, he's from St. John Bosco in the L.A. area. Uh, we see his brother not, not afraid to leave home, go across the country and play at Clemson. Mm -hmm. I think he's turning the same direction, going maybe not all the way across, but going to the Midwest and Ohio State. Again, great time I've heard with Larry Johnson. Loves their D-line room, their development program. Uh, Ryan Day, obviously, I think one of the most impressive – ways that Ohio State played started was their D-line, just dominating up front and playing strong, getting in the backfield a lot against Notre Dame. So I like where Ohio State's at for Mateo at this point. What's he looking like for a timetable for his final decision? I think he'll ride this thing out, Josh, to the end, probably until December. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, he's still there's still talks. He may take an OV to Alabama. He's already been to Oregon, USC, and Ohio State in the summer. I think Bama's that one school still lurking, but right now I like where Ohio State's at. All right, let's head down to Coral Gables. Miami hosted Bethune-Cookman. There was two names that stood out to me on their visitor list, four-star DB Damari Brown and four-star wide receiver Tyler Williams. What can you tell me about those two? Yeah, Josh, I think one of those probably expected to be there all along and then one surprise. Obviously, with Damari being a Miami legacy, his dad played at the University of Miami. He plays at American Heritage, but basically lives right around the corner from Coral Gables and him being back again. I mean, he's been there, I think, around half a dozen times since mid to late spring. And I think he just wanted to kind of see 
you know, where this program is headed. You know, obviously game one under Mario Cristobal, he knows all about the history of Miami. He knows about Cristobal playing there, being from there, his time at Oregon. Uh, and I think he liked what he saw out of the team. Obviously a dominant win, which was pretty much expected. Uh, but I, he liked what he saw out of the coaching staff, how the team performed. And I think, uh, you know, Miami is going to be tough to beat here. He's been to Alabama for an OV. He's been to Clemson. Florida State still involved as well. Uh, but he's set to be back for an official visit to Miami later on this month. And I think a decision could come maybe my, by midseason. I think Miami could be tough to beat there for Damari Brown. With Tyler Williams going into last week, he was set to take an OV to Ole Miss. That's been locked in since the spring. Uh, they wanted to get him on campus for a game uh, about four or five days prior uh, to the opening game. He canceled that trip, locked an unofficial into Miami. He's been there before, so it was like the first time there for Tyler. But he's making a decision later on this month, and I think it's big for Miami to get him on campus. He didn't rule out when he left campus this weekend that he may be back before he makes a decision. I think there's been two schools at the top for him for the last couple of months. That's been Georgia and Texas A&M. Mm -hmm. uh, he talked about going back to A&M uh, the week before he commits at the end of this month, but uh, he's told me that's probably not likely now and that he'll likely either visit Miami one more time or do no more trips before he commits. I think still Georgia, even though Miami, the buzz is positive coming out of that trip to Miami. It's a big win for just to get him on campus this past weekend. But I think Georgia is still the team to beat. His connection with Brian McClendon since coming on board and going back to Georgia as a receivers coach and how they've sold him on using him in the offense, similar to George Pickens and what they did there, being a number one guy in their passing game, I think's really made a big impression on him and his mother as well. Well, that'll be interesting to see if the Canes can can win that one. We'll see. Um, Chad, you spent some time on the road this week in the Carolinas seeing superstar 2024 quarterback Jaden Davis. Tell me what you thought of him and, and what's going on with his recruitment. You know, he, he's a cool cat, man, I would say. I mean, the, the kid, he's got it, man. The moxie, the it factor, the personality people want to play with. And, of course, you know, the big arm. He's athletic. I mean, uh, I was at his game Friday night against Charlotte Catholic, and they scored a winning touchdown uh, with 11 seconds to go. One of the best games I've seen in a very, very long time. They won the game 21-20. Uh, and just it just talks about him as a player, how cool he was in the pocket. I mean, he, he made some mistakes in that game, but as a talent, it's easy to see why so many schools are in pursuit. Uh, when it comes to recruiting, I think the biggest thing I learned with spending some time with him last week is his decision timeline continues to move up. Hmm. He was talking you know, back early in the summer about committing maybe late spring uh, early summer next year before his senior year, taking some OVs in the spring and summer. Now, after meeting with him last week, he talks about committing as early as the end of this season. So I, I think it's kind of getting to that point where you have to, what we do in recruiting, follow the visits. He was right. in Atlanta uh, this weekend for the Georgia game as a Georgia visitor. He was in Athens late in July, also visited Michigan late in July. I think those are the two right now other schools are chasing. He'll be back at Michigan for the Hawaii game this fall. He'll be back 
at Georgia for a game on their home turf, likely the Auburn game, he said, later on this season. And he wants to take trips also to LSU. He mentioned Florida State. He mentioned Tennessee. Uh, he was at North Carolina in-state school for their Week Zero game a week ago. I think there's numerous schools to watch that are involved, but I think two schools, based on my intel, have separated from the pack. I want to mention Penn State. They're definitely a school mm -hmm. to keep an eye on as well. He wants to be there. He's been there around half a dozen times. But I think right now Michigan and Georgia – have put themselves in the best position. Awesome stuff, Chad. Thank you for joining us. Now, we're going to have you on twice a week. We're doing this Monday and Thursday. So Monday, we're going to recap the weekend, talk about everything that went on. And Thursday, we're going to preview the weekend. Who's going where? Who's hosting the big visit weekends and all that. Chad, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, man. Thanks, Josh. See you Thursday. Next up on the inside scoop, we have on three director of scouting and rankings, Charles Power. Charles, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Charles, you were down in Louisiana over the weekend to see five-star quarterback Arch Manning perform in his senior season debut. Uh, what were some of your initial thoughts? Yeah, I, I think he... I came away thinking um, he looked about how I, I expected. You know, there was there was some positives, uh, it, it, a little ups and downs um, throughout the game, but uh, it, and it wasn't a super high usage game for him. He only threw for 148 yards on, on 14 passes, um, so he wasn't really asked to do a ton through the air. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, it, I think in terms of the skill set and, and um, you know what we've seen from him in the past, it was pretty consistent. Um, it was, just, but it was just like I said, it was just good to to be able to see him in person for the first time in you know, well over a year. Yeah. This is the first time you've seen him this year. This isn't the first time you've seen him. Um, what are your thoughts on how he's developed over the last couple of years? Yeah. So, so when I first saw him, I think he was probably the most uh, de developed 2023 quarterback at that time. This is, you know, going into the, the, the junior season, he's continued to progress. I'm not sure. You know, there, there are probably some others who were a little more um, undeveloped at, at the early stage. And, but I, but that's not to say Arch hasn't gotten better. Mm -hmm. He has, He's, um, you know, continued to, um, you know, add, add mobility. Um, he, he probably looks, I would say, about 6'4", 215. He's a guy that when, when, you, when you walk up on him in person, he's bigger than you think he is. Like he mm -hmm. has prototypical size. Um, I think he's just continued to you know, just, just kind of add the, like the, the physicality and his lower body is, is, is very developed. Like he's, he's not a guy who's going to need a ton of work, like in a college weight room when he gets there. Um, and, and, and the interesting thing in, in terms of playing is I think he, he might be throwing the ball a little less, uh, you know, later on in his high school career than he was, um, you know, earlier, like as a freshman and sophomore, where he was really kind of slinging it around. Um, some of that might be supporting cast or, or offense. Like they had a lot of you know, early down runs in this game um, it, it, to kind of soften up the defense. So, like I said, you know, I mean, he only threw 14 passes. He was like 8 of 14. Um, most of his completions were like like long gainers. Um, so, but 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 we I did get to see him like make some some really nice throws. I mean, he had one throw that um, that I videoed that kind of went like semi-viral uh, as a really nice corner route where he kind of showed that he can you know layer it in over over two DBs, good location and. Um, you know, the arm strength is there. So uh, we, I think we were able to see, you know, a, a lot of the skill set that we have seen in the past. Um, but it was just good to kind of get that check up on him and compare it to, um, you know, all the other uh, 23 quarterbacks that we, that we saw over the summer. But, you know, like you pointed out, Josh, this is I, I've been watching Arch Manning for 
you know, going on four years. So this is this is just another piece in what is a multi-year evaluation for him and, and really all the other 23 quarterbacks. Yeah, it's good to see Arch back on the field. One of the things about Arch Manning is in the offseason, he doesn't do the camps, the combines, the seven-on-seven. Um, how does that affect the way that you evaluate and rank Arch Manning? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a different. Yeah, I mean, it, it, he's just a different evaluation because the exposure we have to him is, is is different than we typically, you know, are are allowed for for a lot of other top quarterbacks. I, I think, you know, think thinking back to other top quarterbacks like a Bryce Young, I saw Bryce Young, you know, at four or five different settings. Um, you know, Arch Manning, we're really going to really see him primarily, you know, in, in one or two settings. Like I had the college camp, which I, I think most people in the industry like wouldn't have seen him in that. I was fortunate enough to see him in that in that setting which was kind of a you know a neutral setting outside of the high school and then and then, and then we have him in the high school setting so it's just it's just a, a, a lower um exposure to him so, so it's a little bit of um you know it's a little bit of a, a projection and, and, it, it, and ultimately these rankings are really kind of a comparison you know we, we see them and you get to kind of sort sort all the quarterbacks out and with, with, with Arch, we just probably aren't going to be able to, to do that uh, as as easily as, as we maybe will with some others. So that's kind of um, probably the, the the challenge in in evaluating Arch Manning. It's just it's just a little it's just a little different with the exposure. All right, thank you, Charles Power, for joining us on the debut of the Inside Scoop. Talk to you soon. All right, thanks. And that's it for the debut episode of the Inside Scoop. Go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be here every Monday and every Thursday. Also, follow me on Twitter at Josh underscore Newberg. We'll be back on Thursday. Love you guys.